Good evening. Please join me in our unison prayer for illumination. As you came in the stillness of dark, great God, enter our lives this night. Overcome darkness with the light of Christ's presence so that we may clearly see the way to walk, the truth to speak, and the life to live through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture lesson this evening is taken from the second chapter of Luke, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Joy. And let's pray. How grateful we are Holy God, for the stillness of this holy night, the sense of peace and belonging that we feel as we gather in this, your home, your house on this night. 
We pray, Lord, that in these continued moments of worship, your Holy Spirit will continue to speak to our hearts the message you would have us hear, that message of truth or invitation or love. Maybe it's something we've never discovered before, or maybe it's something that you yearn for us to discover anew. We pray this with gladness and with expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. Rebecca Steed is the author of a memorable children's book entitled, The List of Things That Will Not Change. It's the story of an eight-year-old girl named B, whose parents sit her down one day for a family meeting. They do not look happy. She fears that something is wrong with her cat, Red, and they're gonna tell her that he's dying. Her dad puts his arm around her and says that there'll be some big changes coming soon. Her mother reaches over, squeezes her hand, and her dad says, mom and I are getting a divorce. Soon I'll be moving out of our apartment into another one. You'll have two rooms and two homes instead of one and live in both places. Her heart sinks. She only can think of one friend whose parents are divorced. Her dad says, things are changing, B, but there's still a lot you can count on, okay? Things that won't ever change. And that's when they give her the green spiral notebook and the matching green pen, green being her favorite color. And in the notebook, they had made a list. It was called, The Things That Will Not Change. She started reading it. Number one, mom loves you more than anything and always will. Number two, dad loves you more than anything and always will. Number three, mom and dad love each other, but in a different way. Four, you'll always have a home with each of us. Five, your homes will never be far apart. Six, we are still a family, but in a different way. As they sat there together, they added more things to the list. And after that conversation, she carried that green spiral notebook and green pen with her everywhere she went. On its very first page, the list she added to every chance she got, the list of things that will not change. Friends, on this sacred night, I would bet that you would agree that the world we live in and the lives we lead are filled with more change than we can even begin to describe. And the speed at which the change comes at us only increases. I think of the change that has occurred in our world just over this past year. Wars in Ukraine and in the Holy Land the rise of artificial intelligence, 
lasting change to so much of the fabric of life, how people go to work, how they go to school in the aftermath of the pandemic, the ever-worsening political climate and polarization, the growing economic divide, an evolving understanding of what it means to be human. I was thinking about my parents born in the 1930s and my grandparents born 20 or 30 years prior to that and all the ways that our world has changed since they were alive, since they were children going with their families to church for Christmas Eve. No internet, no wireless phone, no cars that you plugged into outlets, no concerns that the manner in which we as humans were living on this planet was doing harm to this planet. Rotary phones, coal to heat their homes, ice delivered by the Iceman to keep items in their freezer cold. So much has changed since then. And we have no idea what kind of change will come to our lives and to our world in the year ahead. Dramatic and far-reaching change of that we can be sure, but exactly what those changes will look like, we don't know. And maybe closer to home, you are navigating your own set of changes. Perhaps you have a child who started college just a few months ago or one heading off next September. Perhaps you're wondering about what retirement will look like as it's getting closer to you. Perhaps you've lost someone dear to you and the future that you've always imagined is no longer the future that's in front of you. Or maybe one of your most important relationships has changed in a way you did not see coming. And so I invite us to ponder on this holy night, this night that we celebrate the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem, what are the things that will not change? Amidst the disorienting and ever-increasing pace of change in each of our lives, in the lives of those we love, in our community, in our world, what is the list of things that will not change? What are the promises we can count on? What are the things that are true that will always be true? The Christmas story in Luke's gospel that Joy read just a few moments ago lays out the specifics so well. It's a list I want to offer for you. We're just starting it here together. I hope you will add even more to it in the days and weeks ahead. Number one, God loves us and yearns to be in relationship with us more than we could ever imagine. And isn't that what we all most deeply yearn for and hunger? To be loved unconditionally, just as we are, accepted, loved. It's the deepest need and longing in the human heart it is what drives most of who we are and what we do, our longing to love others 
and our longing to be loved. Number two, God's love is incarnated in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the message that the angels tell the shepherds and that they tell us. The love we hunger for is revealed in him. It's why he was born into the world and why we gather in his name on this holy night to receive anew his love. Number three, in God's great love, we are given a treasure, one to be pondered and reflected on, just as Mary does. It's not a gift to tear the wrapping paper off of and move on to the next shiny object. It's to be seen and savored and pondered and with awareness of its depth and breadth accepted. Number four, God has plans for our lives. Just as the shepherds go back to their homes and communities to make known for others the glory of this child who was born this night, the one who is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, in the same way God calls us, God has plans for us, God uses us to proclaim and embody his good news. And finally, five, in Jesus Christ, God redeems us. It's the story of Christmas. And what that means is that God seeks us out and finds us in our lostness, our sin, our pain, in the wilderness places of our lives. And God repairs that which is broken, those things that we can't repair by our own strength. God brings light to our darkness, hope to our fear. I do pray that you'll add even more to this list, the list that we've just started together tonight, the list that names through the eyes of faith the things that will not change. Whatever the year ahead holds for you, whatever changes God's love and faithfulness and call upon your life will not change. And the older I get, the more clearly I understand that the stories we tell ourselves have a profound impact on our sense of self, our sense of how we fit into the world, our sense of who God is. A man named Jack was driving on a dark country road one night when he got a flat tire. He saw a cabin in the woods and he began to walk toward it to ask for help.